tuning into the 515th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcast the upper platform you may be listening to me via, being recorded from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, per the new usual. Going to have a great podcast for all you guys today. Going to have Jake Polka on, talk Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, Kind of what it's like to be a Bears fan and have to deal with Aaron Rodgers and those guys in Green Bay. Really enjoyed having Jake on the show. Now, before we get to that conversation, I'm going to get my shameless plug. As always, first-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit, Threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify. I have everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp, and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at nighttrain underscore lane. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. And you will find it a post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my second show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. There's some odd reason why I feel like the pod then. Fret not worry not, folks, but just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut up next of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're gonna have Jake Polka on the show. Cut up next of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Same game parlays, easy fast payouts, player prop options, etc., etc. You guys know the deal. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TBPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. And now it's time for you, Mariah. All I want for Christmas is you. You love the holidays and you love betting. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have a very special guest with us, Jake Polka. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Um, as a Bears fan, could be better, but future's bright. So let's talk about that. So you're a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, I just want your thoughts on Justin Fields, obviously. No, first let's start with this. What were your thoughts on Justin Fields when the Bears immediately drafted him? So, uh, that's getting back to the Ryan Pace era. Um, GM could have been a lot better. Matt Nagy was a terrible example of a coach. Um, but after, you know, going 
point of the season, Andy Dalton was supposed to be our starting quarterback. Um, it got me excited for the future. I, I, this, I remember where I was on draft day. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and as soon as I, uh, soon as they announced uh, that we traded up with the Giants, uh, I knew exactly where we were going for Fields. Um, I didn't know why. Trevor Lawrence at one made sense. I didn't necessarily understand Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. Um, but as soon as we traded up to 11th, um, and we I found out we got Fields at Potter's jersey, um, so it was a fantastic time to be a Bears fan, and I think every Bears fan will agree. Gave us hope and uh, something to look forward to. So with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, why weren't you? Why are you a little skeptical of those guys? You just, uh, I mean, Mac Jones at the time made sense at eleven. I wouldn't necessarily been mad at that. Um, but when you look back at the twenty seventeen draft, um, and the Bears traded up to draft Mitchell Trubisky, it just reminded me that. That's what the that's what the San Fran trade reminded me of. You trade up and you get get the wrong guy. Um, it's just Justin Fields. When you watch him in college and you watched, he was the safest pick. So when I look back at that 2017 draft and we're selecting Mitchell Trubisky, I thought Deshaun Watson was the safest safest pick at the time. Um, allegations or not, you know the guy's a player. Um, but pre allegations to Deshaun Watson, that was the right pick to make. At the safest. I mean, obviously Mahomes, you know, but Deshaun Watson was the safest. He had the most dominant. He was the most dominant quarterback in that draft class. Now, outside of Trevor Lawrence, I thought that was Justin Fields. I thought that was the fairest evaluation. Justin Fields proved he 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 played in those big games. He played a tough schedule, um, and you just were you saw it on the tape. It made the it made sense. Is the biggest thing. It made sense to draft Justin Fields. So that season kind of starts off. Andy Dalton's the starter, then Justin Fields gets in there. Was there any point during that season where you were kind of like, I know he's the guy. I've kind of seen that flash where I know we have our quarterback for the future. Um, no. I I, I wasn't necessarily certain. Um, I knew Justin could play. Um, however, with you know Matt Nagy and that coaching scene, did not help him at all. Um, that was, it was just a bad roster, bad time. Um, but you saw the flashes. You saw the flashes with him as a runner and with him as a passer. Um, but it was nothing like this year where you are seeing the flashes more consistently. You're seeing it game after game. Yeah. What was the first game for you this year where you were kind of like, now I know he's the guy? We started off the year terrible. Um, and, you know, he... He lived up to that. You know, he said he was playing terrible. Um, I think a lot of it was the scheme at the time. Uh, just with the players we had on the field, we had a fifty. They weren't fitting the offense towards Justin's strengths. Um, he's obviously developed as a runner, as you can see. Uh, but when I saw it all put together, um, it was really that Monday Night Football game against the Patriots. Just where you saw his ability to convert a third and fifteen on his legs, you can see him convert a third and twelve with the throws, and you really see him leading that team um, against a tough Patriots team. Yeah, 
I, I thought that was really his coming out party. I, I did think he he did not look good in the beginning of the year, and you are right. I do think part of that was because, and I don't know why they were doing that. It seemed very weird to me that like it's like you have this guy who's so athletic, he's big, he's strong, and like you refuse not to run him. I, I always thought that was a little weird. So do you think that was kind of like a eureka moment for the Bears, where it's like, hey, we have a six three, two hundred and thirty pound guy who runs four four eight. How about we give him the ball? Yeah, and he he was he's the third fastest all by means by forty time. He's the third fastest starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, and the Bears were coming off a mini bye week there uh, with the loss to Washington. I didn't even think he played bad in the Washington game. Um, however, you know it's always the outcome. Um, but I think the Bears really took a solid look at themselves, and they were like, well, you know, we have a quarterback who runs the four four. Um, he's athletic why aren't we designing runs um, just to at least open up the passing game a little bit? And once you see a defense have to cater towards a running quarterback, especially one who's as athletically gifted as Justin, um, it opens up so much more of the offense, and I think that's what we are seeing now. Uh, even though they lack the talent on that offensive side of the ball, you're seeing defenses having the scheme for Justin to run. Um for 100 yards you're at you're seeing defenses and that just opens up every other aspect of, of football how much do you like the justin fields running because some people will be like you know i don't want my quarterback running so much it takes uh it exposes them to too many hits also people are like this isn't a woman winning formula look at lamar jackson maybe he hasn't had success in the playoffs so where do you stand with that uh i think you can have success uh as a running quarterback However, I do want to see him develop more as a passer. Um, I think he should be – this year I'm okay with just because, like I said, the lack of talent, um, and Justin's really proving himself to be a runner. Um, however, it is it is chipping away at his development as a passer. Um, now, part of that, I we the Bears are a better run-blocking team than they are pass protection. Um, we have a very young line, and we have – not necessarily the perfect tools for Justin to succeed in. Uh, but, you know, his past attempts, if you see it over the past, you know, a couple of weeks here, they're they're allowing him to pass the ball more. He's allowed, he's having more deep ball opportunities. Um, and I think that's not necessarily the Bears trusting Justin. Um, it's more the Bears not trusting the surrounding pieces. Do you think that what do you think is the next step then for Justin to take it up to another level? Um, obviously he's got to build a more of a connection with Claypool. Um, they traded the second for him, which with our current GM Ryan Poles, um, that's that's a big investment. He's a, he's a guy who likes to bring in home talent. He's a guy who likes building through the draft. He's not a guy who'll go out there and spend eighty million in in, in an off season. Uh, so we, we need to develop Claypool a little bit better. I do. You saw the flashes in Pittsburgh. Um, however, you're not seeing too many of them in Chicago. I just think that's getting him accustomed to the scheme as well as developing that more of a connection. Um, but I also think we need to really bring in a serious number one receiver um, if Claypool isn't showing that he is that guy. Um, and as we were talking about earlier, um, you see all these quarterbacks have these serious – next level changes as soon as they get that number one receiver, whether it be Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tua and Tyreek Hill. 
Uh, you know, you're seeing all these quarterbacks take that next step in their development as soon as they get a number one receiver where they can rely on. Who do you think, though, is that receiver that's going to be the guy to kind of take Justin Fields over the top? Do you think it's a guy that is in the draft, or do you think it's a guy through trade? Because, you know, the Bills, they got Stephon Diggs through a trade with the Vikings. Jamar Chase, on the other hand, with Joe Burrow, that was the draft. You look at A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, that was a trade. So how do you kind of see that unfold? Yeah, so uh, I definitely see us finding that number one receiver through the draft. Um, whether it be JSN out of Ohio State, a guy who's Justin's already thrown to. Um, I think that would be the highest likely outcome. However, we would need to trade back to get him because we would not select him in the top five. Um, however, another trade target I'd like the Bears to see is, is T. Higgins. Um, and that's just because the Bengals are going to have a point where they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow. They're going to have to pay all that talent on their team. I'm not sure if T. Higgins will fit that model for them. Um, but I'm not sure if T. Higgins is a solid number one option. So um, that's up for debate. I can see them most likely finding their number one receiver through the draft. How would you feel about like a DJ Moore? Let's say, you know, Carolina, they have another fire sale kind of situation where they're kind of cleaned out the house. How would you feel about a DJ Moore? I feel like I, I, I would be comfortable with DJ Moore. Um, he shows... He shows he is a number one receiver, um, once again, held back by terrible quarterback play. Just, you know, more head coaches, more quarterbacks. He's he's shown that he's a receiver who can make big plays, can bring be a true number one receiver. Um, however, I, I'd, I'd be I'd want to know the price on him um, because I'm sure I'm sure GMs have called about DJ Moore. Did you give a first-rounder for him? Not this year. I would have traded a top-five pick for DJ Moore. What about a second? Um, I, I I would feel comfortable trading a second. Um, but just for the Bears situation, we have a top-three pick. Um, and trading that for DJ Moore just doesn't seem like the correct route. Yeah, and, you know, I, I guess there's always a difference between there's a handful of guys who I think are kind of those. There's a bunch of guys who I think are quote unquote number one receivers, and I guess technically, if you're the best receiver on your team, you are a number one receiver, right? But I, I think then there's that echelon of those elite number ones, like the Justin yeah. Jeffersons, the Jamar Chase, yeah. the AJ Browns, and then there's another tier of guys like let's say a Keenan Allen. Like Keenan Allen might be a number one receiver, but he's not like that elite apex alpha number receiver, like what a Stephon Diggs is, right? Uh, so I do think there are certain levels to this, but you're talking yeah. more so of those guys. Like you want that bona fide top ten guy. Well, if you bring in a top ten guy, that's perfect. But even if you bring in, um, like you said, a second tier echelon of a, a number one receiver, um, a guy like Keenan Allen, a guy like C.D. Lamb. Um, not sure if you count C.D. Lamb as a first tier. I I see him as look as a second tier. I just don't think he's there with. You know, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, those those type of receivers. Um, but even just just one of those second tier guys, um, if you can bring in a guy like that, it, it will just skyrocket his development. Um, because right now he's he's throwing to we we have a practice squad receiving core. Um, Darnell Mooney's out for the year. That brings in our mostly rotation is Dante Pettis, uh, EQ St. Brown, um, and Keel Harry. These are 
these are guys who've been bouncing around on practice squads, except for Ankeel Harry. But you know, we just the talent is not there in the receiving core right now. Why do you think the Bears went into the season with such a pedestrian receiving core, knowing that they have a guy who they want to be a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields? Because I, I always thought that was personally for me a little weird because it's like, how about you yeah. kind of help your guy out? Yeah, um, and that's a very good question. Um, so over the course of this year, we had a new new head coach, new GM, Ryan Poles. Um, Ryan Poles actually did not draft Ryan, uh, Justin Fields. It was Ryan Pace who traded up and drafted him. So Ryan Poles uh, had a, a position where he could either – he had offers to be Minnesota's uh, as well as Chicago's. Um, now, with coming to Chicago um, and, you know, having Justin Fields as your quarterback, as a new regime, you know, that doesn't have to be your guy. You know, if, if Justin Fields did not show flashes this year, that doesn't fall on Ryan Poles. It falls on Ryan Pace um, for drafting him. So when you have a GM like that and you're evaluating every position, you know, we we need to see if if Justin can show us those flashes consistently, then he's our guy and we will build around him. So I think Ryan Poles wasn't sold on Justin Fields at the beginning of the season, uh, which, you know, he's their own. Uh, however, I do agree with him for that. Um, he didn't just risk it all and go in all in on Justin Fields. Um, but now that you are seeing this improvement and seeing what kind of player you have on the offensive side of ball, it just I, you got to you got to build around the guy now. Yeah, you, you have to. There's just there's so much potential, and the, and the ceiling is so high for him as a passer and a runner. Where do you think Justin Fields ranks out of all the rookie quarterbacks in that class? All the now second year quarterbacks, because if you if you had to do it right, he was picked fourth. Out of all of those, because yep. it went Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Justin Fields. Where do you think he ranks out of all those guys? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I would give a safe pick to say second. Um, I, I, Like I said, Trevor Lawrence is the most obvious choice at number one. Um, and he makes some real, real tough throws. If you watch the film, he makes some really tough throws. Um but right now, I, I'm taking him over Trey Lance. Um, I'm taking him over Zach Wilson, obviously. Um, and I'm right now, I'll take him over Mac Jones. What do you think Justin Fields' ceiling is? Like, let's say the optimized version of Justin Fields. What does that look like? It's it's scary. I think he is much better of a passer than he's showing. Uh, the talent just isn't there around him. Um, and when you have a guy who can throw, I, I, I'm trying to give a, like an accurate comparison to who he can throw like, um, but it's tough. You have a guy who can throw, he, he can hit the deep ball consistently, and he, he is an elite as a runner as it comes. I think his throwing kind of reminds me of Dak Prescott a little bit in terms of the power. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, when you have, when you have someone who can throw like Dak and, and run like Lamar, I mean, that's that's their own category. That's Justin Fields. Um, obviously, he has to get there, but there is, if, if the Bears can do everything right around him, it will be some serious, it'll be some serious success. Do you think the Bears, they made the right decision of getting rid of Matt Nagy? Do you think that was good for Justin Fields' development? Yes. Um, I 
do. Um, you saw the you saw the Matt Nagy offense, and I've never seen a coach. I can't remember when who he won Coach of the Year in 2018. Was it? I believe. Yeah, the Trubisky um, playoff year. Downhill since. Um, I mean, we were bottom 30 or bottom at least 25 in all offensive categories, but this offense was just not moving the ball. And it was, we wasted a lot of talent in their prime. You know, we wasted Khalil Mack in his prime, um, Akeem Hicks, that whole side of the ball, Eddie Jackson, another guy, that whole defensive team in 2018, that Bears team was nasty. They had a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Um, and, you know, a few of your offense is just underperforming. And we... We may have lacked the talent with Trubisky there, um, but still to have two years where Trubisky's development's not getting any better, um, the offense isn't getting better, even with some some talent. I mean, we were terrible in running the ball last year, and just to switch of coaches, we're number one. We're the number one rushing team in the NFL, and that's that's just coaching right there. That'll just show you the progression. So were you a little dis- – it sounds like the way I'm reading from you, you would have preferred kind of an offensive guy coming the year instead of Matt Eberflus, right? I was. Um, I was a little confused on the Matt Eberflus hiring. Um, and I dig, I did dig more into it, and the GM at the time was actually um, – they were both on their interviews to Chicago, and, and Eberflus had prepared such a good plan. Um, and he was just talking to – to our GM Ryan Pace about it um, and Ryan Pace loved it where if he got the job he was going to hire him um, so that was something awesome to see um, but bringing in a defensive guy I was a little concerned about it um, however you know Sean McDermott defensive guy and how did that work out for Josh Allen it worked out pretty well see, see the thing is I, I think the whole defensive guy I mean right like Mike Tomlin's a defensive guy I, I think it can work I, and I do think defensive coaches, unfortunately, because it's a quarterback-driven league, but they get a little bit of a bad rap. I just think you can't be like Big Banjo, where it's kind of like you're just archaic and, and you don't know what's going on. And you have to have, part of being a good coach anyways, you need to have the right staff around you, right? So that means yeah. you have to make sure you have a good offensive coordinator. You have to make sure you have a good QB coach, right? It, so I, I think you have to cover up for those blind spots. Uh, to make everything go effectively and cohesively. And it seems like Eberflus has done that. One thing I'll tell you, they always look very well coached, particularly on the defensive side of the ball for not particularly having a lot of talent. Yeah, um, I, have, I have been very happy with Eberflus. Um, we've, with this team, having $120 million in cap space looking in the next year, um, this team has no talent. I mean, we traded Roquan Smith, we traded Robert Quinn, um, and actually, our, our best defensive player right now is is Jack's undrafted free agent, Jack Sanborn out of Wisconsin. He has been continuously having 12, 13 tackle games, um, and he's flying all over the field. So you can see um, just what the players are buying into with with Matt Eberflus. And so far, I'm, I'm happy with him. He's, he's, not, he's not a guy who thinks he's too smart, um, and I think that's what Nat, Matt Nagy's issue was. I thought he just thought he was too smart, you know, uh, even Fluce is a guy who just preaches hard football and, and he'll get that out of his guys. When did you know that the Matt Nagy thing just wasn't going to work? Um, 
that's a good, that's a very good question. Um, I think I, I think it clicked with me. I would say right after the 2019 season, um, right before we drafted Fields, um, it just everything. The offense wasn't moving the ball. Our defense is just carrying us in games. Um, and when you bring in an offensive quote unquote guru like Matt Nagy coming from the Andy Reid tree, um, you know they. You got to find a way to cater to your quarterback. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is as bad as, as the critics um, have been preaching on him about. I thought he didn't necessarily play terrible in Pittsburgh either. I agree. Um, Mitch Trubisky gets a bad rap. It's unfortunate. He does. I, I, I really don't think that he's that bad of a quarterback. Um, I can really see him being a Ryan Tannehill type player in this league. Um but or Geno Smith. Just, I mean, the situations have just been terrible. You know, you get him in Chicago with Matt Nagy. Um, that makes him look bad. He was able to sit back here at Buffalo, kind of see Josh Allen play. Um, and I think that was good for him. But when you go to a team like Pittsburgh, where they draft the hometown kid, you're you're destined to lose that, to lose your position. Yeah, and, and the thing too is, I don't know if Kenny Pickett is a. World, and I don't know how much better Kenny Pickett is, better than Mitch Trubisky. But yeah, Mitch Trubisky gets, I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate, and I think a lot of these quarterbacks who don't have success their first go around, like the Geno Smith thing, like a lot of people, they just you know, and Geno Smith is playing fantastic football. I, I, I think a lot of you have to realize sometimes, just because you're not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't mean you're, you suck, right? Like a, a lot of people. Based off of their circumstances, the play is going to be better, right? Like, if you yeah. put a lot of guys in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel, a lot of guys can look good. You don't yeah. need to have the superstar quarterback. And, and I do think when we see guys, and unfortunately, they're playing, and he was second overall pick, and he would tell you he should have been better, and he should have been better, right? That's not what you want. And when you get drafted, and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were in that draft, it just makes it look worse. But yeah, definitely. Mitch Trubisky gets a lot of really unnecessary hate, and he has a lot of starting quarterback traits and qualities. He's a strong arm, he's a really good athlete. I don't think people realize how athletic he is. Uh, oh, and he can, he can, he, I can really see him being like, a Ryan Tannehill, um, I can see his, him being a little bit better than like a Blake Bortles, um, but you know, I I think I would go as far as I don't know if I would say Ryan Tannehill better than, but um, he's definitely better than some of the starting quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I could see a team. I mean, I can see him thrive in the San Fran offense. Um, even like even a team like the New York Jets. Um, I think I think Trubisky would be be performing there so it's just it's more about Trubisky finding his next situation that he's going in um because I don't think he got a fair one in Pittsburgh um but the hometown kid you know every all the fans want to see him start and it just it's it's gonna lead downhill yeah because it's also like I feel the same way personally for me about Daniel Jones and I always thought like I get that, but you know you look at Daniel Jones and I was like he's not as bad as everybody thinks and like it's like surprise surprise Giants to get Brian Dayball in there. They get some better players. Saquon's healthy. He looks a lot better. Like it's like it. If you have a coach that plays to his strengths, um, you know you'll find success. He he didn't have that in Chicago. Matt Nagy stuck his offense and stuck it that way. Um, when Trubisky's an athlete, you know you 
you kind of almost have to use him like a Daniel Jones. Um, but yeah, it was just it was a bad situation for him. Um, I I don't think I think we'll see him find a starting team. I think some he deserves another chance. I think he's good enough to get another chance. Um, but I think it, it could be like a Geno Smith situation. Yeah, and and at the very least, he's definitely a high level backup. And as a Bills fan, I could say I'd like when he was the backup. I felt very comfortable because he's definitely one of the most talented backups in the NFL. You're not going to find a lot of backups more physically talented than Mr. Trubisky. So it sounds like you're kind of you're really out on Matt Nagy. You think Matt Nagy was the the disease that was infecting everything in Chicago? I wouldn't go far as saying a disease. Um, I think it was. I think, honestly, it was a little bit of both. I don't think Trubisky's that bad of a player, as everyone gives him. Um, however, I Matt Nagy was a pretty bad coach. So more um, of a product of Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and if you see that from there, I mean, Mahomes is a great quarterback. And what gives me hope is, I'm not sure if you've seen the clip, um, but Matt Nagy actually, before drafting Patrick Mahomes, um, they were going to run Patrick through a bunch of tests um, where he'd have to identify plays and it was just part of the draft process. And Matt Nagy was so sold on Patrick Mahomes being that guy that uh, before the before the test, he actually gave him all the answers um, just to make sure that the Chiefs drafted Mahomes. Um, so I always thought that felt pretty cool. And it gives me some reassurance as a Bears fan that Matt Nagy was in the process of drafting Justin Fields. Um, maybe as a scout, he's good, but I just I don't see him being in a head coach role or uh, or an OC role. So, what do you think about the Green Bay Packers? Uh, kind of their demise. And actually, by the way, I, I thought it was a big game for the Bears last weekend when they're playing the Packers. Was, I know for you, it's probably unfortunate that they lost because keeps like the whole Aaron on Chicago thing, but. I thought it was really important to kind of like, it's kind of the young team that's on the rise. You kind of have the old dogs that are kind of struggling now and kind of fighting for everything they have. Uh, so I thought yeah. it was very, I, I thought it was actually an extremely important game that the Bears actually didn't win, but I thought it was, and I think it was a very important game for Green Bay because I think if they lost that, I think it does a lot to kind of be like, uh, where do we stand now? Because like the Vikings are way better than us. I guess the Lions and the Bears are kind of three and two now. Like we're just here. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a Bears fan, um, I just, I don't see anything, I mean, maybe a moral victory, but if you're talking draft positioning, you're talking about leveraging, just with that win, you're going to be, you're going to be having a top three pick and you're going to be out of the top five, um, just with one win. And, and that's, that's crucial in bringing in talent. Um, so I do think, I, I'm not, I don't want to accuse anything, but I do think there was a little tanking there. Uh, the play calling got really bad towards the end. Um, but that young team, they're, they're right there with the top talented teams. You saw it with my, the Miami game comes to mind where Justin Fields had an incredible game rushing. He broke the rushing record. Um, but you see, you see this Bears team with, with lack of talent, and they're competing with these, these top teams. Uh, however, going off the Packers, um, I, they're, they're in a tough situation. You, you have Aaron Rodgers, um, I don't know how long he has in this league last, um, but you have there's positions that need to be addressed. Um, you know, Watson's looking like a solid number one option. Um, he has he's turned it up the past couple of games. Um, but then you you know you got Randall Cobb. Um, 
you have Romeo Dobbs. It's just I don't I don't think this roster is one or two guys away from from competing with with the Kansas City Chiefs or, or the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know they haven't really necessarily had to do a rebuild um, since before the Farb era. Because Rodgers was just kind of a plug and play. How much do you hate oh. the Packers? Hate is hate's a tough word, um, but I definitely, I, I would say I definitely hate the Packers. <laughs> they, have caused, they, have, they have caused years of trauma for me uh, as a Bears fan, and uh, a lot of hope has been gone because of the Green Bay Packers. So um, if you can always get a win off from them, it's good. But um, you know, I'm hoping that 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 time shifts when when Aaron's gone and, and Justin Fields is on the rise. How do you feel about like the whole Aaron on Chicago thing? I he does. <laughs> I I can't even argue it. You know he does. He, he owns us every year. You know, um, and it just it what makes it worse is just we never had the quarterback. We just never did. Um, but you know I I I see it turning a little bit in the next couple of years. So um, future's bright in Chicago and. I, the future is uncertain in Green Bay, so um, I feel comfortable going into the next couple of years. Chances, well, by the way, would you be in favor of shutting down Justin Fields for the rest of the season? Because I know he had like a torn shoulder, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was kind of like, why even play him? Just like shut it down and, you know, get ready for next season. Yeah, um, that would definitely come to mind, um, just because, you know, you've seen the flashes. He shows that he is that guy in Chicago. Um, however, it was, uh, it was it was very similar to an uh, an AC joint injury on his non-throwing shoulder. Um, and if you saw if if you're watching the Packers games, um, he had I think two design runs. So what they really did was they really broke down the design runs and just had him develop as a passer. Um, and that's how I would like them to play when they're not competitive. I don't want to see him design runs where he has to. You know, 15 carries, 15, 20 carries a game as a quarterback. Not even on scramble drills, just as design runs. I don't want to see that. Um, I don't think it does much for his development. And, you know, we all want to see him develop as a passer. So I think it's okay if you're not running him into the ground, um, especially in these last couple games as the schedule gets tougher. Um, But develop him as a passer, you know. Uh, We want to see him throw, and we want he needs to get better as a passer. So if he's in those games playing hurt, he, he should be developing as passer. What do you think that I, that, you know, because it's like a catch-22 because it's like on one hand, you know, you're thinking of the future, you want him to develop as a passer, but on the other hand, as a coach, you have to look at it and kind of be like, well, the thing he's for sure best at right now is running, and the more he runs, the more it less, it's likely our chance to win a football game today. Yeah, I mean, do you think... Do you think the Bears are actively trying to win football games? Uh, I mean, well, they're still playing them. So, I mean, I, no, not, not as much, not as much. But I do think, I think for any coach, I, I feel like partly you do want to win because, like, if you don't win, I hate to say it, but, like, it's a wins and losses league. I mean, when you lose, everybody's looking at the coach. That's the one thing everybody. That's the easiest thing for everybody to do. They're gonna look at the coaching record and be like, "Oh well, he didn't do well. He's under five hundred. He needs to go." So I do think yeah, like that's um, a thought in the back of coaches' heads. I I don't see that playing a factor right now as a first year head coach. Um, 
and with the talent we have on our team, I don't see that being a factor. But, I mean, the remaining schedule for the Bears, it's Eagles, Bills, Lions, Vikings. That's a bloodbath, man. I I don't see us winning any of those games. And, I mean, if we wanted to go beat a team like Philly, is, is it going to help having Justin Fields run the ball 20 times a game, or is it going to just, you know, is it, it, you, you kind of got to see what it outweighs. Um, and I just think I just think a loss and you know a good pat on the back and development to Justin Fields is, is the better situation right now. Um, just seeing how tough our schedule is and our draft position right now, I just don't see the Bears risking injury um, just to just to win a game and go four and ten. You know, what would be your chances of the playoffs for the Bears next year? Um, that's a tough question. I, once again, this roster is not one or two guys away from being a playoff team. It's just not. They're, they're young on defense. Um, our receiving core is terrible. Our O-line isn't that good. We pretty much just have faith in Justin Fields. Um, I would say, I'd say 30, 30, 30, 40%, and that's being realistic. Um, I just we're not we're not one one off season away. Um, I think you give it two um, or three, and I mean you're going to see a similar team like the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, where you know just one season they it was two seasons. Jalen Hurts developed, and he was able to put it all together. Jake, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And once again, I want to thank Jake Polka for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 515th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.